Welcome to this week's virtual drasha. This week we have the incredible privilege to read Parshas Ekev. And once again, Moshe Rabbeinu spends these last remaining moments with Kalal Yisrael recounting all of the incredible events of the past. He tells them about the miracles, tells them about the things that went well, and also recounts for them the difficult chapters of our national existence. In Parak Ches Pasek Gimel, chapter 8, verse 3, the Torah says as follows. So this is Moshe Rabbeinu speaking to Kalal Yisrael. Literally, he afflicted you and he let you go hungry. And he gave you the man. He gave you the man that you did not know, that your ancestors did not know. In order to teach you that man does not live by bread alone. Ki al pi Hashem adam. But rather, again, whatever comes forth from the mouth of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, does man live? And the Mafarshim are all bothered by a simple and basic question. When Moshe Rabbeinu describes the process of the man, he describes it as vayancha vayarivecha. He afflicted you. He afflicted you. He let you go hungry, and he gave you man. And if you look, this actually, this, this type of verbiage applies twice in the parasha. Moshe Rabbeinu describes the experience of the man as an afflictive experience, a difficult experience. And the truth is, at first glance, it defies comprehension. Man was an incredible miracle from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Can you imagine each and every day your daily bread comes down from the Ribono Shalom? It gets delivered to your doorstep. There's exactly what you need. No one goes hungry. Can you imagine a world? Can you imagine a world, or at least imagine a Klal Yisrael, where no one's going hungry? We can't say that. There are Jews who are suffering from starvation today. There are Jews who don't have what they need. Well, during our 40 years in the desert, HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided every single man, woman, and children with exactly what they needed. Why does Moshe Rabbeinu refer to this, refer to the man, as an afflictive experience? And the Mepharshim give many different interpretations. The Das came in by the Tosafists. The Tosafists in their commentary on the Torah explain that it was an interesting thing about man is that you only got what you needed for the day. For the day. In other words, what's the hallmark of every Jewish home? Or at least, again, I shouldn't say every, because there are those who can't afford. But what's the hallmark of a good Jewish home? Is, you know, you go into the house, you open up the cabinets, they're fully stocked. You open up a refrigerator, fully stocked. Sometimes, again, it's not uncommon to have a second refrigerator, a second freezer, fully stocked. A Jewish family goes on a car trip, Baruch Hashem, it could just be a couple of hours, there is enough food. There's enough food, usually packed in the car for a small country. Food gives a person security. The knowledge that I have food in the cupboard, the knowledge that I have dry goods, the knowledge that I have a second freezer, deep down the psychology of that is it gives me security. Food is sustenance. Sustenance is life. So the Dasakin makes an amazing observation. As great as the man was, as great as the man was, you can imagine, you get the man in the morning, you eat it up, right, you're finished, you're done. What do you have left in the house? There's nothing. There's nothing. As the Canaan writes, What was the hunger? What was the affliction? There was only enough for each day, one day at a time. You can't compare someone who has bread in his basket to someone who doesn't have bread in his basket. It's an expression of pas basalo. So that's came to it's very simple. It's not the man was delicious, man was wonderful, it was fantastic, but you only got enough for one day at a time. And the truth is that was difficult to live with. It was difficult to have to, to lack that sense of food security. 
it was difficult to live literally day to day waiting for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to give you your bread. And the Mepharshim give many different interpretations. But I want to share with you something amazing that the Lubavitcher Rebbe does. The Rebbe explains in Lekutei Sicho something fascinating. Quotes the Gemara Masechus Yuma. And the Gemara says, what was unique about the mud? The mud tasted like whatever you wanted it to taste like. Which is incredible. Right? Whatever you decide. Today you decided you wanted steak. The mud was going to taste like steak. Tomorrow you decided you wanted, I don't know, a fish. It would taste like fish. Whatever you wanted it to taste like, that was the miracle. The Gemara Masechus Yuma writes, Motsin Bo Kamatamin. Whatever you wanted it to taste like, it could taste like. And the Lubavitch Rebbe says something absolutely amazing. The Rebbe explains, Heim Ratzu Le'echol Lechem Ragil. Chalal Yisrael, our ancestors, what did they want? They wanted regular bread. Shetoamim Es Masheroim. That you taste what you see. See, when you get a loaf of bread, you get a loaf of bread, so you pretty much, you know what it's going to taste like. Okay, there could be different variations of flavor, but pretty much you know what you get. Says Lubavitch Rebbe, do you know what Klali Sol didn't like about the man? That they just wanted to see what they were going to eat, to know what it was going to taste like, and to move forward. And I think what the Rebbe is teaching us is something amazing. Do you know what the man required more than anything? The man required imagination. See, when you held that mun in the hand, in your hand, you had to decide what it was going to taste like. And you had to imagine. So you want it to taste like steak? Okay, now I have to imagine. I have to conjure up the taste of steak, right? I have to conjure up in my mind, what, my imagination, steak, fish, whatever you want. Imagination was the key to activating the mun. Without imagination, you just had a white clump of stuff. And perhaps... What the Rebbe is saying is that at the end of the day, you know why Klal Yisrael didn't like the man? Do you know why the man was an afflictive experience? Because at the end of the day, it required imagination. See, we don't even realize it, but often we don't like to use imagination. Because imagination is the most powerful tool, because with it, I could conjure up in my mind's eye an image of the ideal me. Who do I want to be? What do I want to be? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want my life to be like? I But my life is not there. Okay. But if I can imagine it, if I could conjure up that image in my mind's eye, then I know what I have to work towards. Imagination is the most powerful tool, but it's also the scariest. Because if I could imagine that greater version of me, then suddenly it creates an obligation to work towards it. And that's why so many of us prefer not to imagine. So many of us prefer not to dream. Because if I don't think about it, it doesn't exist. If I don't imagine it, it doesn't exist. If I don't dream it, it doesn't exist. All I have to do is just focus on the here and now and not think about what I could be, what my life could be, but why existence could become. And that Lubavitch Rebbe says something absolutely amazing. Moshe Rabbeinu says, Klal Yisrael, I know that you didn't like the man. I know. I know that the man was an afflictive experience because every single day you had to activate your imagination. Every single day you had to think beyond what was in front of you and conjure up some greater unknown within your heart, within your soul, within your mind. And you know what? If you could do it for the man, you could do it for yourself. If you can do it for the man, you can do it for your life. 
if you could utilize that greatest tool of imagination to decide what breakfast, lunch, and dinner were going to taste like, then you could use that great tool of imagination to figure out or to think about what your life is going to be like as well. And that's afflictive because it's so much easier to live life without imagination. And it's so much easier to live life without dreams, goals, and aspirations. It's just so much easier to live life in what is right now without having to think ahead into an unknown future. All our ancestors wanted was regular bread. You know what's the great part about bread? You get, right? You get what you see is what you get. There's a loaf of bread in front of you. That's it. It's a loaf of bread. I know what it's going to be. I know how it's going to taste. I know exactly the experience that's going to unfold. It doesn't require any greater imagination. What does it require me to open my mouth, take a bite, chew, and swallow? I can handle that. That I can do. Imagination, imagination, that's scary. And what a profound and incredible lesson for us as well. How many times in life are we scared to use our imagination? How many times in life do we have dreams and goals and aspirations that are churning inside of us, but as they begin to like kind of like chirp in our ear, in our heart, and in our soul, we silence it. I just want to be here. I just want to be now. I don't really want to think ahead or think bigger because if I do that, suddenly it creates all kinds of obligations. How many of us have stymied and stunted our imagination? because we're afraid to dream and to think about the people we are capable of becoming. We are scared to think about and to dream about the lives we could potentially lead. We're scared to think about that I could be greater, I can be better, my life could be more expansive. So instead, just give me the bread. Just give me what I have in front of me now and leave me alone. It's fine. It's fine. There's no need to think any bigger or better. Just take what's in front of you. Don't make me flex the muscle of imagination. And Moshe Rabbeinu says, I know it's difficult, but that's your greatest tool. It's your greatest mandate. And it's really the Iker mission you have in life. To take a few moments each and every day and to imagine what could this day be like? What could I make of this day? It starts with a day. But then ultimately the goal is a life. What can I make out of this life? I know myself. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I know my accomplishments and I know my profound mistakes. I also know that if I settle for the daily bread of existence, I can simply coast through life, happy, healthy, okay, not causing any trouble, not making any waves, doing good stuff, doing good stuff, but never actualizing my potential. I could do that. And I would venture to say probably most of humanity does that. The question is if we could become mun Jews. You have to make a choice. You want to be a bread Jew of someone who just just take the present, take what is, just go with it. Or do you want to be a mun Jew? And a mun Jew has imagination. A mun Jew has goals, dreams, and aspirations. Do all of them come true? Of course not. But it is nothing, there is nothing more exciting in life then closing your eyes and opening your heart and imagining the person you could become and the life you are capable of leading. It may take me a long time to actualize the flavor of that life man, but if I begin to dream it and I begin to imagine it, then I could begin ultimately to actualize it as well. 
May HaKadosh Baruch Hu give us the koach to resist the temptation, to be bred Jews, and to find the strength to embrace the destiny of being mun Jews. Wishing everyone a good Nerev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.